Hey, everybody, and welcome to The Messy Table, an ordinary space for real women, imperfect stories, and the God who's at work in our mess. Because we all have mess, and we could all use some hope. And it's really just so valuable to share the meaningful stories that make up our lives. Well, my name is Jen Jewell, and I get the tremendous honor of hosting this faith-fueled conversation-style podcast, which happens to unleash a brand new episode into your earbuds, your speakers, every other Tuesday. And y'all, we just happen to be partnered with the women of my church, Life Church, but basically just love locking arms with anyone from all over the Capital C Church, the global body of Christ. So no matter where you're coming from, no matter what you're going through at this very moment, you are wanted, you are welcome, and we are just so glad you're here. So I know I say this a lot because there is truly something so beautifully unique about every single woman and every single story. But today you really are in for a treat. A verse that you might know, 1 Corinthians 13, 13, mentions three things that will last forever, faith, hope, and love. But it goes on to say that the greatest of these is love. And let me just tell you, I don't know anyone better at living out this verse than my guest for episode 97. To know her is to love her, the queen of loving God and loving people, my sweet friend, Cindy Burks. Listen, she has lived some life and has some fantastic stories to tell, from literally being kidnapped to wrestling through what it meant to live life on purpose, to raising two kids while living that marine wife life, to stepping into her calling as a hosting pastor at Life Church, and continuously building a legacy that's bigger than her. So get excited, grab your coffee, and join me for a chat with Cindy. Well, Cindy Lou, my gin jewel. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the messy table in my living room, I guess. Yes, I love your living room. Thank Yay. you so much for having me. Oh, my goodness. So we've been talking about this for years, I want to say. Yes. And then we finally scheduled it and we have rescheduled it three times because of surprise <laughs> virtual learning for my kids. And then I think you had something one time, but we're here. We're doing it. And I am pumped for everyone listening to hear from you because you are literally, if I could say the most loving individual that I have ever known, Aww. it would be Cindy Burks. Mm, thank and you. so I'm just excited for people to hear from you and just to hear how really God's love has impacted how you love. And so first, yeah. if you would just tell us about you, give us a little glimpse into your life and your yeah. family and just all the things. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you. What a high compliment from somebody that I adore. And I love me some Jen Jewel. And I always know that it's either Jen Jewel or Chuck Burks coming behind me when I feel somebody tap me on the booty and then give me a little back scratch. I know that it's going to be either this cute little blonde or my big old or early my man. Husband. Hmm. <laughs> yes. Listen, everybody. Not your husband, my husband. <laughs> Right. Let's clarify. <laughs> Listen, everybody needs a good game sometimes. That's right. And it's our game. That's I right. I kind of like it. So as Jen said, I'm Cindy Burks and I have been married to my husband, Chuck, Chuck. for 30 years, over 30 years now, which is crazy oh, to even word. think about. So you celebrated 30 this year. We celebrated 30 this year. We're celebrating 15 this year. Awesome. So we're halfway there. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So we have two fantastic girls and two bonus sons. 
we have Chloe, who is 27, and her husband, Caleb, mm-hmm. and then Kaylin, who is 25, and her husband, Jake. And they, of course, are married out on their own now. Which is and crazy. It is so crazy. And Chuck and I are empty nesters. We are empty nesters, or as he always says, residents of the love shack. <laughs> so, of course, I have to throw that in. Of course, in. he would. And right now, just for fun to let you know that our love shack just happens to be a boat. A boat. A houseboat. A houseboat. We live on a boat right now. So, you know, the man's full of adventure and fun ideas. So that is where we're living right now. On a lake. So you guys have the prettiest sunrises and sunsets. It's pretty beautiful. It's not forever. It's for a season. But man, I'm going to just get everything out of this season that I can. And um, yeah, just milk it for all the good stuff. Wintertime, not so so fun. Spring, summer. Summer, fall, super fun. Yeah. So stay tuned on what's going on <laughs> within the love shack on the boat. Um, I am a daughter to Don and Sally and a sister to Angie. Um, we are very, very close. We're a small little family unit, uh-huh. but man, we are mighty and we love, love, love each other so much. So fun facts about me. I love all things food. I love to cook. And I love to eat. Um, My grandpa actually taught me another passion of mine, which is coffee. He taught me how to drink coffee. Coffee is best enjoyed on the patio Uh, with half and half or even better heavy whipping cream in that coffee. Mm -hmm. Also, I love hats. He taught me all about ball caps and fedoras, my two favorite Well, you brought me coffee and you're wearing a hat. And there you go. So (laughs) we have a couple of my favorite things. I also love, love health and fitness, which is a good thing because Mm. I also love to eat and I'm super competitive, Um, (laughs) especially when it comes to a physical challenge. So way back in the day, a few years ago, got to help launch Life Church South Broken Arrow with your sweet hubby and you. Um, So Derek Jewell. I was hoping we would talk about this. Oh, yes. Yes. You know we're going to talk about this. So I love competition. And something we used to do was a little thing called Sweatville. And we still actually do it. Um, Sweatville is a time where our staff gets together once a week. And we have a little workout. Mm -hmm. And for a season at the end of that workout, out, we would have a planking competition. (laughs) That's right. So as we would have our little planking competition, we knew that whoever won that week got to have the planking champion award on their desk. Well, was it like a little plaque or something? Yeah, it was literally like a piece of paper. I don't know, (laughs) on a stand that we got to have on our desk. Yeah, you got respect. Yeah. Okay. True respect. So anyway, we would do that little planking competition and Man, I was winning it. And I was the old lady of the bunch. And it was so great because I would be right there beside Derek. And as we went, we all got so much better at it. And he'd be yelling, drop, Cindy, drop. And I'm like, I'm not going to drop. And so, yeah. So up to the end. um, You're still undefeated. Yeah. Let the record state. (laughs) Right. 10 minutes, five seconds, longest plank I've ever held. But man, I was doing it right there by Derek Jewell. 10 minutes? And so I got to beat him. What was his record? His was nine minutes and something. But yeah, 
Yeah. I oh hung on. Word. I was like, I've got to get over 10. So I did 10-5. Please hang that over his head forever. Yeah. Well, you know, I will. It's the only reason I'm mentioning it right now, because I know he'll probably hear <laughs> We this. need the world to know. That's right. The world needs to know. So you mentioned Life Church, South Broken Arrow, and yeah. you're actually still there. I am still there. So talk about a passion of mine. Getting to serve and be on staff at Life Church, that is one of my greatest joys. Um, it's where God has led me to use my gifts and my talents. And I get to be the host team pastor there, which means yeah. I get to lead a team of difference makers mm. to create a comfortable environment so people are just open to the truth of God's word. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's what I get to do. So I have a team of people that each week we put on our host team shirts and Jen has rocked that red host team shirt right there beside <laughs> me many, many times. It's my uniform on, on Sundays. Team. That's right. And that's where some of my very best friendships and relationships have spun out of serving alongside people at church and, and just a bunch of mutually broken people That's coming right. together That's exactly right. to serve a really good God mm -hmm. and to keep each other sharp and accountable and just point each other back to Him in every season um, and situation in life. So yeah, I love, love, love what God allows me to do every mm. single day. Okay, so you mentioned Chloe and Kaylin, and I just first shout out to them because mm -hmm. I love them. They're amazing. Aww. And I want to know all your secrets because mm -hmm. you have raised two incredible, not just beautiful, but godly women to adulthood, and now they're married and thriving. Mm -hmm. Please, like, give us some kind of tip that oh, we can have. man. Well, being a mama to my girls is God's, like, biggest blessing in my life. I love those girls so, so much. And I not only love them, but I like them. Mm. Any time that I can spend um, with my girls completely fills my cup. So as far as like raising them, I've been trying to think, okay, what are these huge like nuggets of wisdom that yeah. I could give? But more than any big nugget of wisdom, it's more just the little things done consistently over time. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is what I did and what Chuck and I did together as a unit to raise up some amazing girls. Mm -hmm. I made tons of mistakes along the way, but I always knew that, man, if I could point them to Jesus, if I could be honest with my girls, if I could be consistent mm -hmm. in how I mothered them and we parented them, um, that had a huge payoff to take advantage of every teachable moment, mm -hmm. um, especially those years when your kids are, are riding in the car with you and you're going to soccer practice or dropping them off here and there. We're there, man. man. With baseball, basketball. Yes. I feel like we're always in the car. Right. So, man, you have a captive audience in the car. Yeah. And so those were times that we learned how to really just share our lives with each other. Tell me about your day. Tell me your high, low. What was good today? What was bad? Um, and just be there for them. Be there to support them. Um, pour out love, grace, truth on your kids and just follow your instincts. If you're seeking after God, mm -hmm. um, God, show me, give me wisdom. Help me guide these kids um, that you have given me, that you've entrusted me with then he's going to do it. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of God he is. He's going to give you what you need in every moment and every season. Um, so I, I tried to teach them and still do about love and grace of Jesus by just modeling 
that love and grace mm-hmm. and just what that looks like in their lives. And well, you do it so well. And I think mm-hmm. that's super helpful because I think sometimes we are looking for this, you know, one big secret nugget of advice that's mm-hmm. going to carry us. And it's not maybe as sexy, but it's just everyday faithfulness, which you do so well. So all those little things. And then something that I didn't do so great, but I've learned since then to do better at is let them fail. You know, allowing your kids to fail has got to be one of the most difficult things. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that you're not there to to help them pick up the pieces and and move forward, Mm -hmm. but those failures have to happen. And the failures as a child are going to have a much um, lesser, I guess, price tag Mm. than what they do if you wait too long to allow them to fail. And then those price tags just get bigger and bigger. Mm That's so good and hard, like you said, because mm-hmm. <laughs> we want to come in and help and save and rescue, but that doesn't always help in the long run. That's so true. Um, not long ago, a couple of weeks ago, Chloe and I were standing beside each other in worship at church. And um, during that time, uh, one of our pastors at South Broken Arrow, he and and some people were talking about, man, what does real success look like? So Kyle told me after that service that he had come in and was standing at the back of the auditorium and he saw Chloe and I hands lifted high in worship. And he was like, that's it. Yes. That's what success looks like is, man, through it all, being able to stand there beside your child Mm -hmm. that's now an adult and worship God together. Mm -hmm. And that to me is where my happy place is. Gosh. That's where success is. Mm -hmm. If you can have um, children and help raise them to be imperfect people, but imperfect people who trust and honor a perfect God with their lives, that's that's success, girl. Sandy Lou, you're preaching. That's success. Okay, so here we are at the messy table. I Mm -hmm. know that you've had a lot of mess that you've lived through in your life. And so give us a glimpse. What are some things that you've experienced, but still you have just known God to be faithful? Yeah, so my life has been full of some really beautiful, beautiful things, but also some messy things. Mm -hmm. Um, One big event in my life happened two weeks after I graduated from high school. My boyfriend Brian and I were leaving a restaurant in Muskogee one night when we were actually forced into my car by three men. Archie, Amos, and Lewis were their names, and they just happened to be escape prisoners from the maximum security prison in McAllister, right? It sounds like a movie. It does sound like a movie. So I offered, I said, here, just take my car. You can have it. But they refused. And we spent the next 10 hours with them actually just trying to stay alive. I spent most of that time praying, God, what do you want me to do? Um, I think a lot of times if we have thoughts of a a situation like this, it would be like, oh, my gosh, I would freak out or I would wet my pants or whatever. But that's not what you're doing. If you're ever in a situation like that, if you're like me, I was sharper probably than I ever would have been. Hmm. Your survival instincts kick Kick in in. like crazy. And it's like that adrenaline God like gives you ideas and things. Okay, what can I do? right now to just 
survive this and live through this. So <laughs> there was a, a police show years ago called Cagney and Lacey. So Cagney and Lacey, I'd watched an episode of, and in this episode, it basically said that if you were ever held captive by anyone, make them get to know you. Mm-hmm. Because if they know you, it's harder for them to kill you. <laughs> so, yeah, you know me, I like to talk, <laughs> right? So I took it upon myself. I was in the, the back seat, sitting in the middle, Two of the guys were driving and one was beside any me. Any handcuffs, any ropes, um, any just... Or- nothing at that time. They had like homemade, like shanks, like homemade weapons and mm-hmm. things with them. But those were the only weapons that they had at okay. that time. But I just leaned up between the two in the front seat, which were in for murder, found out later. Um, oh, gosh. And I just took it upon myself. Hey, you're going to get to know us. I'm going to tell you about my hopes and my dreams and my dog and what I had for breakfast and my future. And you know what? Here's where I'm headed. And oh, I wish I could be a fly in this car. <laughs> and they would yell at me and they would say, shut up. And I would say, okay, okay. And I would lean back and I would sit there for a minute and I would pray. And then I would lean up between them again and I would just start talking. And one thing that I told them as they were talking openly about how they were going to kill us. I was like, okay, I've got to up my game so a little the, bit. So was that their intention to kill you or wh- what was them, their motivation? Yes, one of them, no. So they wanted to get away. They didn't want to have anybody holding them back. Because they had escaped from prison they and were just, just trying to get away. They escaped from prison and were trying to get somewhere. And so for, I don't know why, I guess I didn't take my car because I knew we would turn them in. I don't know. But the guy in the back seat named Amos At the end of this, when I look back, he was such, God placed him there. He was a saving grace. He was in for armed robbery while the other two were in. They each had killed multiple people. It wasn't just like one murder. They had killed people in prison. Um, So really bad guys. This might be inappropriate, but how did they say they were going to kill you? They were just talking about what will we do with the bodies. It was more like not we're going to cut their throat, but really that's all they had was shanks. But it was if we pulled down here, we could do this. You know what? We could hide them here. That kind of thing. This is insane. Yeah. So it was a little crazy. So I knew this whole time I was like, my mom and dad are expecting me to be home. They're expecting me to be home. Right. Um, I definitely grew up in a family where... You did what your mom and daddy said. Mm -hmm. You showed up when you were supposed to show up. Mm -hmm. And so they would know that if I didn't show up on time, I was out past curfew. They would 100% have the police looking for my car. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, guys, I need to tell you that I'm late getting home right now. My mom and dad are very protective of me. They will call the police and Mm -hmm. they will have the police looking for this car. I wonder what would happen if the police tried to pull us over. And so they look at each other and I said, but I've got a solution. This is back before the days of cell phones, of course. Yeah. yeah. So I said, how about um, we pull over at a gas station and I will use the payphone and I will call my mom and I will let her know that we're going to be late getting home. And that way they will not send the police to look for this car because you know if the police look for this car, you guys are going to go back to prison. You know that. Mm -hmm. And so they said, okay, here's what we're going to do. Archie, that was in the front passenger seat, he said, I'm going to trade shirts with your boyfriend. Uh, Lewis is going to hold this knife to his throat and I will get out with you. 
And if you make one wrong move, I'm going to point to Lewis and he's going to kill your boyfriend. I said, okay, you got it. So called my mom. Mama answers. Where are you? You know what? We lost track of time. I am so sorry. I will be home soon. But uh, just know that we're good. And I'm sorry. I'm late. And my mama was like, well, you know, you're going to be in trouble when you get home. Mm -hmm. And I said, yes, I do. Did you give any like signal flares? And I gave no signals on purpose because I didn't want the police coming after the car. Mm -hmm. I knew that I knew that would end badly. I just knew it. So, yeah. So my mom and dad didn't call the police. Got back in the car and that earned maybe a little bit of trust Mm -hmm. with them. Then we continued driving to near Oklahoma City, Draper Lake, which I think is actually near Midwest City. Mm -hmm. Um, We got close to dirt roads. They pulled over. We're discussing if now was the time to do it. And and I knew they were talking about killing us. And Amos was arguing with them. Come on, just leave them stranded. You don't have to kill them. Come on. (laughs) Amos was arguing with them because he said, look, I will not have their blood on my hands. Mm. You guys, you've already done that, not me. And I won't have their blood on my hands. We're going to meet my family with a getaway car. So if you want me to be involved in this, they will live. And so they agreed, got back in the car. Um, We drove way out on dirt roads near Draper Lake, Um, got out of the car with Lewis. He took us up in the woods and was going to tie us up. I still don't know with what, actually, because he didn't have anything. (laughs) So he's like, well, I'm going to tie you up in the woods. Okay. Well, so I don't know if he was just planning on killing us there because he had a shank with him. I don't know. So he trips on something, had really thick glasses. His glasses fall off. I grabbed them. And I looked at Brian and I knew if we ever had a chance to run, it was then. But we had no idea where we were. They Mm -hmm. had had us have our heads down um, so we couldn't see where we Mm -hmm. were. It's pitch black. Right. Gave him back his glasses. And I said, see, you can trust me. You don't have to tie us up. I wouldn't have given you your glasses if you couldn't trust me. So he took his glasses. We waited there for quite a while. And then here comes my car with the getaway car behind it. And we ran through the woods. And that's the only time I got hurt, just like running into things because he was telling us to cover our eyes Mm -hmm. um, and not look. They didn't want us to see what kind of car they were driving. And um, we get down to the bottom of the hill and and they were yelling at us and telling us to lean over the the trunk of my car. And the headlights are shining on us from from the car behind us. And I was like, brace yourself. It's coming. Oh, my God. And I just knew I knew that that was going to happen. And it didn't. It didn't. Um, I could hear them talking and arguing, basically, because two of them wanted to kill us and the others did not. And the others won, thank God. Amos actually leaned over and whispered in my ear um, before he got in the car with them. He said, your keys will be in the road. And then he jumps in the car with them. They speed off. And we're standing there and it's like, oh my gosh, let's just start walking. I don't know what to do. Let's just walk. And so we're Were walking. Were you just shaking like crazy? Yeah. Out of body experience. Out of body experience. Yeah. Um, So gosh, a mile-ish down this dirt road, I hear this little chink. I kicked my keys. My keys were in the road. He had thrown them out the window. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Grabbed keys, 
ran back to my car, drove to a convenience store. And of course, at that time, what did I do? I didn't call the police. I called my mama. (laughs) I called my mama. And I was like, mama, you're not going to believe this. We've just been with three of the, there were five escaped prisoners at that time. We have been with three of the five escaped prisoners. And she's like, why have you called the police? Well, no, because they had convinced Mm -hmm. us that Mm -hmm. they would find us, they would kill us, and they would kill our family. So I was like, nope, I don't think that's a good idea. I think you just need to come and get me because we're just too tired to drive. I'm exhausted. I've been up all night. Mm -hmm. And of course, my mom was like, stay where you are. I'm calling the police. Mm -hmm. Um, The police came, not in any huge hurry. I don't think they believed it until out of my backseat. I said, oh, here's one of them's prison shirt and here's some like homemade weapons. And they were like, ah, yeah. And uh, called for backup, went, went to the police station mm-hmm. and were asked, can you pick them out of a lineup out of mug shots, actually not a lineup, but just a booklet of mug, mug shots. Okay. Here is Amos. Here is Archie and here's Lewis. And I never will forget the guy that was the investigator with OSBI. He just stared at us. And he said, you just have no idea Mm -hmm. who you have just been with. I cannot believe that I am looking at you right now. Cannot believe it. So that was the first time that we actually learned, okay, these guys are murderers. They are heartless. One of them had killed his wife. So the whole getting to know you before they kill you kind of thing (laughs) probably didn't work real well with him. But it um, clearly was successful. But it clearly was successful. So wow. Cindy. um, Yeah. So God was at work through all of it. And the enemy was at work, but God is bigger. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. And as we keep talking, I know there's been several times that it almost seems like someone was out for your life Mm -hmm. Um, because we know that the enemy comes to still kill and destroy Mm -hmm. anything that's good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But man, what protection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. His protection was evident over us. And that is kind of an overarching theme in my life, I think, is his protection. Um, Because after the kidnapping, And the trials that followed, you would think that I would be just telling everybody about, look what God did Mm -hmm. in my life. Look how he completely just covered and protected us. But instead, I don't think it was a conscious decision, but as I went off to college, I decided, hey, guess what? I almost died. I think it's time to taste the world a little bit. Hmm. And I put... God and and the values that I had been raised with literally on the back burner. It's not that I never wanted to get back to a, yeah. a place in a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. But for a while, I just went a little cray cray. <laughs> I did. I know now that I had PTSD. I don't think I even knew what PTSD was back right. then, but that's what I was dealing with. Mm-hmm. And I lived a life that that was probably pretty mainstream, really. Mm-hmm. But it was a life that I had not been raised to live. Right. It was more of a party lifestyle. I would numb out. I tried things I never should have tried. Took lots of chances. Um, Everyone's done things that ugh. they knew they shouldn't. Right, right. I lived recklessly. Mm-hmm. And it was... Did it, that bring you joy? Um, No. Well, I don't know. I say no. 
in the moment, in the moment there of were times that it was like fun. Sure. This is fun. This is something I've never tried before. And wow, this right. is kind of fun. Is it Craig that says, what's he say? If you didn't have fun, you weren't doing it right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Something like I'm that. I'm like, what does he say? <laughs> Which is so true. I mean, that's that's exactly it's kind of where I found season. myself. And it was for a season. And um, but what I thought would bring me like this sense of freedom mm-hmm. um through reckless living didn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're doing um that kind of lifestyle and you're living that party life, it's going to put you in chains and bondage Mm. much more than it would ever, ever set you free. Mm. So I know who sets me free and it definitely is Jesus Christ. It is never was, never will be that bondage really that that comes with the lifestyle. Which is interesting because it's not like we go out looking for bondage, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like, Instead, we just kind of think, well, this sounds fun. And I think, too, if we're not living on purpose, then we kind of can live purposeless. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so true. And, and we all can. We yeah. all can fall into that if we're not intentional or if we don't recognize the one who truly did set us free mm-hmm. from those chains and came to give us life. Mm-hmm. It's so, so true. hundred um, percent. I found myself that when I was away at college during the week, I would live this one lifestyle. But when I would come home on the weekend, I would bring all of my books and I would study all weekend. And my mom and dad thought I was just Hmm. so studious and the best student because I've always been driven and a high achiever. So, man, I made really excellent grades in college, but Uh that's not due to anything I did during the week. During the week, I would go and be a crazy girl. And then you put on the show. And then I would put on the show. So during that time. I don't know if you put on the show or went back to who you really are. But either way. I don't know which way it was, but a huge fear of mine was always like, oh my gosh, what if, what if somebody planned a big surprise party for me and they invited all of my college party friends all the sinners, and then they invited all the saints, all my people that <laughs> love the Lord and people from home, uh, and we're all together, and they're surprised. I wouldn't know who to sit with. Yeah, I wouldn't know what to do Two because lives. I was truly living a double life. Yeah, but what I didn't realize then and what I realize now is that God, He was protecting me for a reason. Mm-hmm. He has a calling on my life. His days are ordained and he knew what was ahead Mm -hmm. and that he had a much, much higher calling for me. And the creator of the universe was shielding me through so, so many things, saving me from myself for a greater purpose. Mm, Um, He called me out of the darkness and into the light. He pulled me out of the pit. He gave me that solid place to stand on. And from what I thought was freedom to true freedom, Mm -hmm. true freedom and joy in Him. And my purpose, my kazone, um, which is God's dream for my life, is to love, lead, and inspire people Mm. in the name of Jesus. Yes, you do it so well. Thank you. That's what I get to do now. So he saved me from a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's another scripture that I love so much. It's Deuteronomy 33, 12. It says, let the beloved of the Lord rest secure in him for he shields him all day long. And the one the Lord loves rests between his shoulders. Mm-hmm. And that's me. And that's you. Mm-hmm. And we are his beloved. And I can't think of a more 
safe and secure place mm-hmm. to be than resting between the shoulders of right. our good God. You know, it's interesting that so often we'll look at the bad things that happen in life. I know we're going to talk about a little bit more, but the hard things, the difficult things, the complex things, and we can ask why, why Mm. God did you allow this? But I love your perspective of look what God has saved me from. Look what Mm -hmm. he has protected me from, even when I didn't know it, even when he was saving me from myself. Mm -hmm. That's really powerful. Yeah. I know when you were a little bit older, you had kids, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, you had a big old accident yeah, in Colorado. We sure did. Yeah, we had an accident. We lived in Colorado at the time, and we were traveling in the mountains, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a blizzard like hits. Mm-hmm. And so we're caught in this blizzard, and you could barely see. And Chuck is trying to drive our SUV and keep it on the road, and we're figuring out, do we go over the mountain? Do we turn around, try to go back down the mountain? What do we do? And we lost control of the vehicle. And I remember hearing the the tires just thud against the snow on the side of the road. And Chuck said, hang on, girls, hang on. And I was praying out loud, God, help us, God, help us. And our vehicle rolled at least twice. Um, yeah, slammed into a tree. The Off tree the cliff. Off the cliff. Yeah, down the side of a mountain near Breckenridge in Colorado. Um, slammed into a tree. Tree breaks, falls on our car, um, busts out every window in our car. But we land upright and look around. And and it literally only minor injuries. Mm-hmm. I, I had an injury where my laptop had hit me in the head. But um, other than that, no one was injured. Wow. And Chuck climbed back up the mountain and flag down hell. And the girls and I start picking up the trash that had come out from under the seats of the car and, and try to make a game out of it and mm. see who can find the most stuff. And well, you how know, old were they? They were in first and third grade. Mm. No, they were in third and fifth grade. Mm. Yeah. Third and fifth grade. Wow. But, um, I'm going to back up just a little bit to marriage because Chuck and I actually met during the crazy season Mm. in college. So it was during that time I met my good looking Marine (laughs) and um, we had lots of fun together. We had similar hopes and dreams. So after dating for three months, why not decide to get married? Why not? Right. Why not? Why not? (laughs) Um, So we did. We got married when we had actually known each other for six months and a whole new adventure really began. Um, I'd grown up in the same small town all my life. I grew up in Eufaula and I had moved away for college, but all that changed after I said, I do, because after I do, we immediately after our wedding reception, got into a rental truck that was full of all of our stuff and headed out to Virginia where Chuck was in basic officer training out there. So um, we've lived many, many places, Virginia, Florida, California, Colorado. I definitely can't say that man never took me anywhere because he (laughs) definitely has. Um, In California, we started talking about family and what we wanted our family to look like. And the thought of being a mama is what God really used to like turn the tide in my life. Mm. And 
God led us at that point to Pacific Coast Church in San Clemente, where I fell in love with Jesus for the first time. Uh, Um, I owned my faith for the first time. And isn't it interesting what motherhood can do, like a shift in just thinking through not just ourselves, but what we're going to teach to our little people. Absolutely. Changes things. Game changer for sure. So it was the faith that I had at that point was it was no longer that inherited faith, which I'm so, so grateful for Mm -hmm. the faith that my mom and dad passed down to my sister and I. Um, That's a beautiful thing. It is. But But we can take it for granted. We can take it for granted. And it can be like, oh, well, this is what I've always been taught. So, okay, this is who I am. But to really know Mm -hmm. who you are in Christ. um, It's essential. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. It's a huge deal. So I was actually actually rebaptized um, when I was seven months pregnant with Chloe. So it's super in special. The ocean? It wasn't in the ocean. It was in the Just baptistry okay. <laughs> at, at Pacific Coast Church. Yeah. But years later, Chuck and I each got the just extreme honor of getting to baptize our girls in the ocean. Chuck baptized Chloe. And then a couple years later, I got to baptize oh, Kaylee in the waves crashing in in Southern California. Man, it was really, really awesome. But um, being a Marine wife, I really learned so, so many things. One thing that I learned just from military is the first rule of combat is to identify your enemy. Mm. And the same thing is true when living out a life of faith. And I tell you, through 30 years of marriage, I've learned that the enemy would like nothing more than to destroy my marriage yeah. and in turn my family. Yeah, He wants all of us to think our enemy is our spouse, mm-hmm. right? And that, that is so, so wrong. Um, it's just not true. The enemy, Satan, is behind every hardship, every heartache, every conflict, mm-hmm. every broken marriage, every wayward child. Um, but God, God is where we have our victory. So the first step in defeating the enemy is to identify and recognize the fact that John 10, 10 states, and that is something you mentioned earlier, that the enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy, mm-hmm. but God, and everything pivots on those two words, yes. but God right. came to give us a full and meaningful life. So for Chuck and I, good. part of having a full and meaningful life means we spend time together in the Word Mm -hmm. every day. It's how we start our day with each other before God with a hot cup of coffee in our hand. And another little tip for us is dance in the kitchen. Man, how many times have we been a little bit at odds and he'll Mm -hmm. come up behind me and spin me around and we'll have a little three-minute kitchen dance. (laughs) And that completely changes everything Mm -hmm. and can connect us. Um, So finding those ways in your marriage that connect you and and kind of bring you back to that home base Mm -hmm. um, is something that's And there are times that we need that. We need to come back to home base, Mm -hmm. you know, and I know you guys have had struggles over the years because everyone has. Yeah. Um, But man, it's inspiring to see your perseverance Mm. and your love. Yeah. Well, God's in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's He's our foundation. He's where that all stems from. And being connected to Him is the ultimate thing, the most important thing. I know that 
being a military family and moving so many times yeah. and and having to just uproot and move and uproot and move. Right. And he was deployed at times for oh, how yeah. long? There was one time that we were away from him for three years. We actually saw him two times. Within that period. Within that amount, within three years. Yeah. Oh and so after 9-11, he was gone a lot. Um, Girl, he got, yeah, reactivated. I, yeah. I mean, you were a single mom during yeah. that time. Oh. I was definitely a single mom. I learned With the so support, much about myself. Course, I'm sure you got to talk on the phone and stuff, but still not the same as having a body present in your home. Absolutely. A lot of their growing up years, we were the Burks girls. Right. And it was like, okay, God, let's go. We're going to make this happen. I remember you saying that sometimes like you would be, of course, mom and disciplinarian and like all the things. And then he would come back and get to be the hero. And you were like, hey, <laughs> hey, remember me? Remember I, me? Yeah. Or I would be like, um, but that's not the way we do it anymore. We, you know, we do this yeah. differently now. And just really having to learn to back off and let him come back in and lead and our lead. family. Wow, yeah. Because I was so used to leading our family. I did the yard work. I did the everything. Um, yeah. So that was a little crazy. And especially with all of the moving around, because with every move I knew and Chuck knew that we get to choose the mindset here. How are we going to present this to our kids? So it could either be one of sadness and, oh man, we're having to move. Or it could be, guess what, y'all? We are going on an adventure. Hmm. We're getting to move to California for the fourth time. <laughs> or, which was literally true. We lived there four times. Or we get to go to the mountains now. We're going to Colorado. Yeah. So it was truly a mindset of adventure that that we chose. And Knowing that. that every move meant new experiences, new friends, and new memories to be made, but it also had with it significant challenges, sure. of course. Mm -hmm. So you're saying goodbye to the familiar. You're holding back in your new spot from really investing too much mm -hmm. in friends because you knew you'd have to leave them. Mm -hmm. And then stepping into the unknown, being the new kid. Our kids learned how to connect quickly and how not to meet a stranger. And that's served them so, so well yeah. throughout their lives. Um, how to be brave in the face of uncertainty. And like I said, after 9-11, Chuck was literally gone for years. And we knew we had Jesus. We had each other. And we always found community wherever it was mm -hmm. that we lived. And most of that community was centered around church. Finding a church home, that was like step one. Yeah. You know what? Our suitcases hit the floor in our new home. That's We're so looking for a church mm -hmm. right away. And that proved to be the very best bet. And you know what? It still is. Mm -hmm. No matter who you are, where you live, um, finding that true community is going to be the best thing. And and words of wisdom from my pastor, Craig Rochelle, he, he says, show me your friends and I will show you your future. And no truer words have been spoken. It's just as true then as it was now. Um, so I made sure that the girls and I were around like-minded people. We would do devotionals every day. We'd pray together. I always had scripture written on a chalkboard in the kitchen that we would all memorize. A lot of parenting came from this scripture, um, and it's Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Mm, I like so we just, I always knew that I could go back to that scripture, like if I was having a hard parenting day or yeah. unsure of 
what to do or what's next. Um, well, tell I me would, about that because knowing you, I mm. know that you were just a cheerleader and like, you're going to be positive. You're going to encourage them. You're going to bring the silver lining yeah. in every move and every situation on those hard days when you're missing your husband, when you're doing it by yourself, when things are difficult or you're moving again, like mm. what kind of self-talk was going on just yeah. to yourself? Yeah. That's when I knew that, you know what? Fill yourself up, girl. Get up early. Fill yourself up with the word. Mm. I would listen to worship music. Mm. I would do everything I could to fill my cup yeah, as high good. as I could get it, as yeah. full as I could get it before those little girls <laughs> ever rolled out of bed because I knew that they needed a mama who was grounded mm-hmm. and connected and being connected to God and being connected to them. And there were plenty of times I got it wrong. Sure. There were plenty of times that I was overwhelmed and yelled at them when I shouldn't have or just didn't parent well. But you know what? Going to them and saying, I'm sorry, you guys, I got it wrong today. Mm -hmm. But you know what? God's good. Mm -hmm. God is good. And he's going to show all of us how to do this better and how to do this different. Y'all with me? We're going to do it. Yeah, mama, let's go. You know, kids are resilient. Oh my goodness. (laughs) They're so resilient. And they're so forgiving. I taught him, we're the Burks girls. We can do anything. Mm -hmm. And not that we could do anything alone, but we can do anything through Christ at work in us that faith in God, um, positivity in the face of change and challenge, that all definitely comes from my mom. She's taught me to be a glass half full kind of girl, to look at the world through that lens. But the longer I live, the more I learn that the glass isn't half full or half empty. It's that the glass, it's refillable. And if I stay connected to God, there you go. Those are my words. I read that one time in a a devotional that I was doing in a reading plan. Yeah. And it's that the glass is refillable and that is stuck with me. Hmm. And if I stay connected to God, I realize that it's the Holy Spirit. It's my counselor. He fills the glass. It's when I rely on me, and this is something that Derek's always taught me is, man, Cindy Lou, if you're relying on yourself and you're digging to the bottom of that barrel, you're going to reach the bottom every time. Mm. But you know what? If you allow God to keep that barrel full and you're going off of his supply, you're staying connected to the vine, guess what? You're never going to run out. Mm. It's continuous. It's endless. It's eternal. And man, yeah, bottomless. Wise words. So wise good. words from that guy. Preach, Derek Jewell. Yeah. I like him. He's a good one. He's a good one. But now that our girls are grown and married, I continue just to point them back to Jesus. I pray for them and I remind them who they are in Christ. And if they ever call me and it's been a, a hard day, mm-hmm. then we don't get off the phone until I've prayed over them. Mm. I mean, it's what a gift. It's what we do. And it's what connects us and it points them back to the truth, mm-hmm. right? And it it keeps me intentional about knowing that truth. Mm-hmm. So I'll know to, to teach it, not only to my kids, but to my future grandkids someday, which are going to call me honey, by the way. <gasps> I, I have my name it. picked out. Yes. So I'm going to be honey. Chuck will either be Colonel or Pops, because he's a lieutenant colonel in the, yes. in the Marine Corps. So anyway, I, love um, it. I heard of someone that is Lolly and Pop, and yes. I thought that was super cute, Which too. I love that, too. <laughs> I love that, too. But I call everybody honey, so yes, honey that's it perfect. is. That's what I'm going to be. Perfect. 
All right, Cindy. So I have like a burning question in my head. What happened to the kidnappers? Right. Like what happened? Did they get caught? Are they still out there? No, they did get caught. They did get caught. But it was like a month, a little bit over a month later that they got caught. So of course, they had threatened all kinds of bad things on my family and we had turned them in. And so I spent some real time just like being truly fearful that they were going to come after me or my family. But they got caught and um, yeah, they got put away for more time, um, except for we plea bargained with the judge to make Amos's time as light as uh-huh. they could yeah. because truly... He was in our path for a reason. Mm -hmm. And um, so he didn't get nearly as much time as the other two guys got. So, yeah, I'm glad they're not still out there. They're not still out there. (laughs) When I was a senior in high school, I had a peeping Tom one time and I like caught a glimpse of his face in my window and that gave me PTSD for a long time. So I'm sure it was definitely something that, I mean, fear had to have been something that you dealt with for a while. I was super fearful, but I didn't know it. I wasn't sleeping at night, but I didn't know it. It was Mm. so weird. I would just lay in bed and close my eyes, but my mind would not turn off and Mm -hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't sleep. So I was walking around like a zombie most of the time making bad choices. So, (laughs) 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 okay. I know there's so much more we could talk about. What else, what else do you just really need us to know? Like God did this and I need you to know about it. Yeah. Or what is he doing now that you want us to hear? Just give us the scoop. Right. So I'm walking through a season right now that I feel like I need to mention because there's probably people out there that are walking through the same thing. And it's that my dad has dementia and he is rapidly declining right now. Yeah. And my mom is caring for him at home and she's exhausted. She's a beautiful woman with the most sunny of outlooks on life and always takes the high road and the best perspective. But man, she's just super, super tired right now. Um, And we are close to needing to find um, care for him. So what I'm doing right now is what I always do. I put my faith and my trust in God. And Mm -hmm. my sister and mom and I just wrapped up a reading plan on Alzheimer's. And that was really good for us that we could do that reading plan together and mm-hmm. and comment and read each other's comments every day. That was awesome. But um, scripture, of course, that's my rock. It's what yeah. I go back to. So Isaiah 30, 21 says, whether you look to the right or the left, you'll hear a voice behind you mm-hmm. saying, this is the way. Yes. Walk in it. Yes. I love that scripture so much. Love it. God never promised us an easy life, Mm -hmm. but what he did promise is that we would never be alone. And that scripture reminds me that he is there and he's going to guide us. He's going to help us through Mm -hmm. every trial and every season as we figure this out, um, how to best honor my dad and honor his life. But at the same time, honor my legacy. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. And I'm so glad you said that word because legacy is something that is so important to me and something that I'm so intentional about, about creating Mm -hmm. within my family. I want to live a good story Mm -hmm. and I want to point Chloe and Kaylin and our future grandbabies to Jesus. And my motto has always been to love God and love people. You know, it's, it's pretty simple, but when done well, it's, 
the most important thing and it's so impactful. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, all that really matters is what we do in this life to make God known. That's all. Mm -hmm. And none of us are going to be here forever, but we are going to be together in eternity forever for those who follow him. That is so, so true. I think the best way to make him known to people is just to love his people, right? Mm -hmm. Jesus is the greatest role model when it comes to loving people. And I know I've fallen short of his example many times, but I know where to look for examples of how to love well. I try to be the person who says, hey, is life hard right now for you? Then share your burden with me. I'll help you carry it. It's going to be lighter that way. And are you excited? Are you excited about a win in your life? Tell me about it. I'll celebrate that with you. Mm -hmm. And are you believing God for healing, um, restoration of your marriage, for children to change the path they're on? Then I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to believe with you. I'm going to cry with you and seek God on your behalf. So Mm -hmm. that's the legacy that I want to leave. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, one of my favorite stories when I think about your dad is the fact that you made him hold the video camera while you gave birth. Yes, I did. <laughs> what in the world? You know, what yeah. a trooper. I he, I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> he was a trooper. My birth experiences, it was really kind of crazy because I didn't want to have clothes on. I wanted to embrace womanhood completely. Oh <laughs> and this is natural. And why are you people covering me up? And daddy, here's the camera. Oh, my so, word. So, <laughs> yeah. And he was such a trooper. He tried to hide his 6'2 frame behind this little camera and not look just point it in the right direction. Oh, yeah. And I had big plans of, oh, my gosh, each year we're going to watch this with our kids. And it's going to be so great. Right. And so turned it on one time. Do you still have the video? Oh, I'm sure it's out there somewhere. But (laughs) turned it on one time and I was like, oh, my gosh, turn it off. What was I thinking? thinking. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, anyway, daddy's trooper. I'm telling you what, that is a dad (laughs) who loves his daughter. (laughs) So true. Okay, Cindy, I want to know, do you have any favorite resources that you just love and you really want to recommend to everyone listening? Well, you know I do because I love my church, Life Church, love it. And Come on. so many resources stem right there from our church. So, mm-hmm. of course, I'm a huge fan of the version reading plans, yes. the Bible app. Man, it is good, good stuff. Mm-hmm. I have a few plans going right now. And one is the Bible recap, which yes! I love. And you yes. had Tara Lee Cobble on here She was recently. here, yeah, January beginning of January. And I did the whole plan last year. So it was amazing. Yeah. So, so good. And then the Bible Recap podcast. Mm -hmm. It's just excellent. So good. Something else that's been really instrumental in my life is the Kazone experience. Um, Kazone helps you figure out God's dream or vision for your life. And Kazone helps you see where your core values, your gifts and talents, and your past experience all intersect. And that's your Kazone. So my Kazone, I said it before, but I'm going to say it again, is to love, lead, and inspire in the name of Jesus. Because I love that. when you know who you are and who you're called to be, you're going to know what to do. So mm-hmm. Kazone really helps me find that. Love podcast. Dave Ramsey um, is incredible. Pastor Craig's new book, Winning the War in Your Mind. It is a game changer. Mm-hmm. 
Of course, The Messy Table. I think I've listened <laughs> to every single episode. In the guest experience world, which is is where I am um, in the church, where I am within Life Church as the host team pastor. So great resources there. The Power of Moments by Chip and Dan Heath. Great, great book. Mm-hmm. Danny Franks writes a blog called Connective Tissue for Your Noggin. It's excellent. Uh, Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. Love that book. Crash the Chatterbox by Stephen Furtick. Um, you got some good ones. Mm-hmm. Another thing I love is the Abide app. I don't know if you've ever tried that, but it's so good. I go to sleep with Abide almost every single night. There is nothing better than a bedtime story where someone is speaking truth and mm. scripture over your life. I feel like someone else has recommended that. I need to look into it. Yeah, it's so good. So, so good. So yeah, those are my my top picks. Those are so good. Okay. As we leave, do you have a final word of advice, encouragement, just a word that you want to speak over those listening? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I tell you what, if you are not in trusted relationships and biblical community, then take that step to find it. My very best friendships have started at church with mutually broken but like-minded people. Mm-hmm. They're my people. They are mm-hmm. my people. Um, that's where I met you and you're one of my people uh. because life was not meant to live alone. So find your people, people that are going to be in your corner and cheer you on. And mm-hmm. you know what? You're going to do the same thing for them. We need each other. Yes. It's huge. Yes. Um, at the end of this life, I want to look back at what God used to shape me and I'll see my family and I'll see my church. Mm-hmm. Those are, are like my two cornerstones. And my favorite seasons and best memories will have been made as we rally behind the mission of our church, which is to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. So if you don't have a church, find one, get connected, and just watch God move. Mm. We all have something to teach and something to learn. And I like to surround myself with those who are ahead of me and learn from their wisdom. But I also learn so much from people younger than me, while at the same time getting to invest and pour into them. And I used to think that someday when I'm here, someday when I'm (laughs) X, I'm going to have it all figured out. But guess what? (laughs) What I know to be true is that we will never arrive, but we are not supposed to. This life is all about the journey, all about the journey. Living it daily with the Holy Spirit as my source of power, strength, and joy, true joy. With that power, I get to live a good story and leave an incredible legacy. That's right. And what an amazing legacy you are leaving. So Mm. thank you for rubbing off on us today. Mm. I just value and love and appreciate you more than you know. So Mm. thank you for being here. I love you, my ginger. Well, as always, we will link any resources mentioned in the conversation notes. You can subscribe for free in all the usual places on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher. You can also find us on Instagram at The Messy Table Podcast, and we will be so ready to meet you right back here next time. Until then, don't forget, yes, life is messy, but God is at work in your mess.